0: Great job by, our, by our, our children. Great job by the adults. That he, see, y'all need to be a sit where I sit because uh, as good as the children are, watching Kim and Gina's face while they're singing with them, it's just, uh, that's even better. It's good stuff. So we, we appreciate Jennifer and all of, all of her folks that work so hard with our, with our children's ministry here at St. Matthews. We are truly blessed to have all these kids and have all these adults that take their time to work with them. If you'll join me now and stand for the reading of the gospel lesson, our gospel lesson this morning is going to come from Mark's gospel, Mark 10, verses 35 through 45. Mark 10, 35 through 45. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came forward to him and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And he said to them, What does you want me to do for you? And they said, Grant to us to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left in your glory. But Jesus said to them, You do not know what you're asking. Are you able to drink from the cup that I drink, or be baptized with the baptism that I am to be baptized with? They replied, We are able. Then Jesus said to them, The cup I will drink you will drink. The baptism by which I am baptized you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but it's for those for whom it has been prepared. When the ten heard this, they began to be angry with James and John. So Jesus called to them and said to them, You know that among the Gentiles, those whom they recognize as their rulers lord it over them, and their great ones are tyrants over them. But it is not so among you. But whoever wishes to become great must be your servant. And whoever wishes to, to first be among you must be slave to all. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many." This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. I had a truly charmed and blessed childhood. Uh, I was adopted by my grandparents when I was two years old. And I tell people, um, you know, always they say, where are you from? I say Brookhaven. And if folks give me that nod of indication, like, oh, I wonder where that's at. I say, well, then I'm actually out from Bogota," And they go, oh, okay, I think I've. Passed that on the interstate once. But t- to say Bogachita is kind of an exaggeration as well because I literally grew up in the middle of nowhere. And it was splendid. I grew up off a dirt road, far away from everything. I, I, told, I got asked to come back and speak to Bogachita High School a few months back. And I told the stories about how when it rained hard on our road, if all the kids on the school bus jumped up and down, we could get the bus stuck I'm not joking. We did that. That's how far out in the country I grew up. But it was great. Oh, it was wonderful. I had, I had, I had roads to ride my bike on. I had pastures to ride my four-wheeler on. I had creeks to go and play in. It was, it was, it was glorious. It was a glorious, glorious childhood. But the only thing with it was is, is we did grow off far off the beaten path. And um, there weren't a whole lot of kids my age on my road. And so I kind of grew up, you know, kind of as an only child. My, my adopted brother was much older. He was out of the house when I, when I came along. And so it really was just kind of me and books. And I love to read. And I, I love to read encyclopedias. And this head is full of useless knowledge. I can't tell you what I have for breakfast this morning, but go ahead and ask me about the War of 1812. I'm good to go. Like, I'm good to go. So, I, I just grew up kind of that solitary life. But here's the thing. Like, I love people. Like, I love being around people. This extrovert thing is not a put-on. I'm kind of like this all the time. I mean, see, y'all pray for Holly because this doesn't really cut off. You know, like we, we joked about moving to Madison. She loves being in Madison because, like, when in pedal, I'd go to the restaurants and she couldn't talk to me because I'm talking to everybody else. And she loves Madison because I don't know everybody Yet. I just love people, you know, like in school, the teacher moves me. you see the little internet picture now, you know, go ahead and move me like I'm still going to keep talking. That was me. Move me in the back corner. That's fine. I'll talk to them too. It doesn't matter where you move me. I'm going to talk. You know, I'm going to get a whipping. I know I'm going to get a whipping. Let's just go ahead and give me the whipping and get it over with. We know it's coming. So that was me. I was that kid. And so I love, I love people. But here's what I love um, even more than people: I, I love, I love being part of a team. And, and I don't, and y'all. I don't just mean sports teams. I mean teams in general. Man, man, to be part of a team, to be part of a cohesive group of people, whether they be sports or whether it be a cohesive work environment where everybody's pulling together and working together and working with the same goal, whether it be, you know, an academic team in school, whether it be a family, whether it be a, a Cub Scout, a Boy Scout troop, I don't know, a band. Like, I, lo- I love seeing the many get melded into the one. I love, it's such a treat on Sunday mornings to sit where I sit and hear the choir And hear the individual voices become melded together into one voice. I love a symphony. I love hearing the individual instruments where you can pick out a note here, pick out a tune here. I love, but I love hearing those individual instruments become melded into one unified act. Y'all, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. To see the individuals work together. And that's the beauty of a team. To know that my victory is your victory and, my, and your victory is my victory. And we work together, we sweat together, we cry together and we're on the same team working together, y'all. I just love, I, t- I love teams. I love teams of all stripes and all manners when we all work together in unity for one goal and one purpose. To me, that's exciting. And I don't care what sphere it is that's exciting we see in the gospel lesson this morning we see the 12 walking we see bless them you know like if you ever think you're doing some dumb stuff just go read about the disciples and you'll feel much better about yourself James and John say hey Jesus notice what they said they said hey hey Lord we want you to do whatever we we want you to do for us whatever we ask you okay i mean who's gonna to agree to that seriously jesus stop it you know and, and and so he says we want you to do this for he's like okay i'll humor you and and, they, and and they say well we want to be in charge he said well can you take the baptism i'm going to take and drink from the cup i'm going to drink they're like yeah we can do it and he says well you are you're going to face troubles like i face so it's going to happen but i can't decide that and then it says the text says and the other 10 got angry i imagine so yeah, imagine your buddies try to, like, take over. Try to, you know, try to, like, hey, look at us, we're cool. You know, they try to do that. And then, and then Jesus addresses them. And, 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 and listen to what the text says. I love, there are, my, my, uh, my, my preacher growing up, Bill Poole, used to talk to, used to always say, pay attention to what the Bible says, because there's some phrases that mean something there. Listen to this. This is 42 and 43. So Jesus said to them, Called them and said to him, you know that among the Gentiles, those whom they recognize as rulers lorded over them. And their great ones are tyrants over them. But this is the key, y'all. This is the key. But it is not so among you. I know what power looks like in the culture. But it is not so among you. I know what it means to be great and wealthy and strong in the culture but it is not so among you. I know what it likes to rule and lead and how the world says it should look and that's all fine and dandy, but it's not so among you. Sometimes we as a church have to stop acting like everybody else is doing it. Well, I'm not everybody else's mom and daddy. How many of y'all ever said that before? If They all jumped off a a bridge. Would you jump off a bridge too? the church we we have to live with the phrase in our heart it is not so among you we are different than the world we are different than the culture we are different in the place in which we live and i don't really care what they do because it is not so among us we are servants We are called to lay down our life. We know that life is not found in power or wealth or status or those things, but our life is found completely and totally in laying our life down for the cause of Christ. Because when you do that, you find so much more life than the world ever offers. Not so among you. We are not the world. We are in the world. We love the world. We lay down our lives for the sake of the world as Christ did. But we don't lead like the world leads. And we don't serve as the world serves. And our power is not the power of the world. I don't care what they do. It is not so among you. We, as the church, must take our cues and our commands not from the world, not from the culture, but from our God. It is not so among you. We must serve, we must be different. In a world of power and fame, somebody's got to serve. And that's our that's where our power comes from, is there. I like um I like simplicity. Being simple is good. Um I I I, you know, you hear the old saying you want to be able to kind of crystallize a thought down to a bumper sticker, you know, because that that communicates well. Um and I like to do that with ministries. Like, what, what do I want the ministries of our church to look like? What is our mission? What is our purpose? What do we want to accomplish out of indiv- individual ministries? And today is a, today's children's Sabbath. We've had our kids lead us in worship. And so I think sometimes, well, okay, what is, the, what is the goal? What is the point of our children's ministry and our youth ministry as they go from this point? What do we want to have happen? And this is, this is kind of my bumper sticker goal for, honestly, all of our young ministries is there's going to come a time i'll use Sarah as an example she's probably going to crawl under a pew sarah's 11 some years from now she's going to go off to old miss um hopefully but because god has a sense of humor she'll go to state i'm sure that's going to happen because god has a sense of humor that's what i have listen that's what's going to happen y'all i have no doubt about it that's because god has a sense of humor um but when either my children leave this place and go into the world i will know our church has been successful if they're still in the church when they're in college and they leave college. I told Asbury, I said, don't tell me I've had a good ministry now. When I leave you, in five years from now, you're still growing and being faithful, I had a good ministry there. Our ministry will be defined by producing fully formed disciples who can go into the world and make a difference. That, to me, is what a successful ministry looks like. Okay, so let's think about that. Let's think about what it looks like to have, to produce, in of one of the life of one of our children, a fully successful, fully formed disciple. What all does that take? What all does it take to produ- produce a fully formed disciple? Well, you got to have a church service, don't you? How will they know if they are not told? Well, come to church, we heard Andy talk about how people were nice to him when he came here. I may want to come back. So we've got to have greeters. You can't have church in the dark. Somebody's got to cut the lights on. Got to have lights. We've got to have somebody that can count and keep an account of our worship and our offering and keep us accountable for what we're doing. We need counters. None of this happens without coffee. You don't want to come into a church that's filthy, do you? You don't want to see disorganization and clutter everywhere. You need folks to clean. None of this really does happen without prayer. Mom and daddy might get sick. Brother or sister might get sick. Somebody needs to come to the hospital and visit them. You will come into a church, you want to have a beautiful atmosphere and a beautiful feeling. Somebody could put flowers out. The church. One of the blessings of my childhood was I grew up in a church that was intergenerational and had older adults that poured into me and gave wisdom to me. My children need older adult mentors to teach them. Somebody's got to make sure the behind the scenes stuff works right. Somebody's got to make sure that we are properly doing things right behind the scenes. Need administrative help. Somebody's got to preach a sermon. Somebody's got to read the Scripture. Somebody's got to lead the music. Somebody's got to fold the bulletins. Somebody's got to keep the nursery. Somebody's got to put together the the children's bags. Somebody's got to prepare communion. Somebody's got to be an acolyte. Somebody's got to take up the offering. Somebody's got to sing in the choir. Somebody's got to put together a children's moment. Somebody's got to teach Sunday school. Somebody's got to direct our Sunday school ministry. Somebody's got to order Sunday school curriculum. Somebody's got to put together and organize VBS. My daughter's in the sixth grade. Somebody's got to organize the Super Sixes. Somebody's got to drive the van to go pick them up from school. Somebody's got to teach Wednesday Night Live. Somebody's got to put together the children's choir. Somebody's got to cook the Wednesday Night Live meals. Somebody's got to set up and take down Wednesday Night Live. Somebody's got to be Wednesday Night Live adult teachers for mom and daddy. Because ministry is not something you just receive, it's something you do. Somebody's got to organize our efforts at Trinity Hispanic Ministry in Madcap. Somebody's got to organize birthday gift for Christ. And there's got to be somebody for us to pour our lives into as well. Now this is just for one of my children. This will look radically different for other children. This will look radically different for you. But look at all the lives it takes to fully form one disciple. Look at all the chairs that have to be sat in. Which chair will you sit in? Which chair will you sit in? You know, ministry and faith is kind of like our bodies. Our bodies are most healthy when they are fed and when they are active. As Christians, it isn't just enough for us to be fed. For us to be fully healthy disciples of Christ, we've got to feed others, both physically and spiritually. Look at all these chairs that need somebody to sit in them to form a disciple. And by the way, look, most of them aren't really what you think of as spiritual, are they? Because the Bible says a cup of cold water, give it to my name when I lose it, its reward. We all have a spot we can play. And frankly, the church needs us all to find those spots. Look at all the places we can serve. Look at all the things that we can do. And they are things that, yes, we can do. God doesn't ask for the impossible. God asks us to be faithful. And if we are faithful, God will take care of the impossible. So where is it, friends? Where is it that you are feeling called to? Maybe I guess there two ways. Where are you feeling called to? And what's the one thing you don't want to do? Maybe you should do both those. I'm joining the choir, Tim. I guess not. We need you. The church needs you. My children need you. The kingdom needs you. You matter. Your efforts matter. Your energy matters. Your talent matters. Your ability matters. You matter. In your bulletin this week, there was our renewal ministry commitment. Notice this year we broke it up from last week was financial. This week is ministry. Do like I did last week. Go home and pray about this. Where's God tugging at your heartstrings? Where's God, t- where's God tugging at you? Next week during worship, we're going to have a time to turn these in. We're going to have a time to commit these to the Lord. We're going to have a time to give this over to God and see what He does. Look at all the chairs we have to sit in, y'all. And we can do it. We can do it, y'all. Think of the difference we can make with the little things, with the faithful things, with the small things that God in his sovereign power chooses to bless. We can do this, y'all. This is amazing. And think of what God is going to do with this team, this team here, as we serve together with the unified goal of changing the world by changing lives. Imagine what he will do in this place because he is good all the time and all the time he is good. May he receive all the glory for all that happens here. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you for the words we have sung for the ways you have spoken to us and through us the ways you have brought your grace into our life this morning god may we be faithful today and always we love you we ask it in jesus sweet and holy name amen our closing invitational hymn is going to be hymn number 421 make me a captive lord we'll do all the verses of this hymn this morning as we conclude the altars are open maybe you've never given your life to christ today's a great day maybe you'd like to learn more about joining our church today's a great day to join our church maybe maybe you just need to come pray we heard testimonies about prayer this morning. Maybe you need to pray and you want somebody to pray with you. Today's the day. I don't know. I don't know where you find yourself this morning, but I know where Jesus Christ is. He's right here. So during this time of closing, or closing hymn, the altar is open. Won't you come? <laughs>